Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Mark chapter 10, verse 51, the Bible says, What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. This morning, I want to speak to you from a sermon titled, Bartimaeus Took Massive Action. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for each person who's here today. God, I pray that you'd anoint me now to say only those things that would honor you, only those things that would be sound doctrine. God, I pray you'd give us ears to hear your voice today. I ask you to speak to us from your word by your spirit, Lord. I pray that you would encourage your children, save the lost, deliver the backslidden. God, I pray that you'd teach us what you'd have us to know in Jesus' name. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus took massive action. Our theme for 2019 is to take massive action. If you want better, you got to what? You got to do better. If you want to see change, then be the change you want to see. If you want things to get a lot better, you got to do a lot better. If you want things to really turn around, then the greatest possible chance is that you need to turn around. And I want us to look this morning at this man, Bartimaeus, uh, and see the action that he took and what he got from it. Because action causes a reaction. When, when, when you put something forth in the world, something comes from it. And Bartimaeus, if he was a member of Abundant Life Christian Fellowship in 2019, he would be able to testify on our Wednesday night testimony service time that he took massive action and was blessed as a result of it. We've got people every Wednesday night when we take testimony time, we've got people who share stories out of their life of what happened to them that week and how God has blessed them, what they're going through. Bartimaeus built a testimony, but I'm always going to remind you that the scripture tells us that we have these stories for our examples. So what are these stories for us? They're examples. They're, they're, they're proof to us of how God responds, relates, treats, instructs, and deals with human beings. And in this story, we see an example of what someone did, what they had, how they took massive action, and what happened as a result of it. Is it hot in here? I feel heat running. It's about 103 degrees outside. Uh, Lord, pray for me. It's easy to get distracted. Y'all picking boogers, digging wedgies. <laughs> Uh, this, this thing right here, that's okay, all right, that's okay. The two people that have already done that this morning, that's okay right there as long as you don't do it forever. And when you do it, this, that's not okay, okay? Yeah, that's not okay. Listen, just what you did, that's, that, that's okay. Nobody can see what you're doing down there. And nobody wants to shake your hand with all that orange, yellow, green on it. And so it's easy to get distracted. So we're going to try to focus. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to try to stay focused and on point. Please, dress comfortable. 
wear short sleeves, bring, bring, a, bring a sweater, bring a jacket, bring a blanket, a quilt, amen, uh, what, a tablecloth, whatever you have to do. But let's concentrate, pray for the preacher. All right, so we have these stories for our examples. We've got this story. These aren't fairy tales. These aren't myths. These aren't fables. These are real stories. Say real. It's a real story of a real human being recorded in a real Bible uh, by a real God. And verse 46 is where this story starts. I hope you have a good study Bible. We are a Bible church. We believe that this one book is all that we need uh, to learn what God has for us. We believe this is the one inspired, infallible book, perfect book that God has given us for instruction, for life, to know him and to grow in him, and I hope you have a good study Bible. Uh, I'll give you a hint. If, if, you, if your Bible does not divide the chapters up into little sections, little what we would call in common writing paragraphs, what uh, literary experts and theologians call pericopes, that's a funny word because it's spelled pericope, but it's pronounced pericope. It's a small passage of standalone literature, like a paragraph, when you write a paragraph, when you finish one thing, you start a new paragraph to go on to the next thing. If your Bible, uh, like my Bible, my Bible, right above verse 46, it says blind Bartimaeus. And it starts a new pericope. It starts a new subsection. Because here, you say, why is that important, Pastor? Because sometimes you don't need to read a whole chapter of the Bible. But you always need to read the whole pericope. You don't always need to read the whole chapter. Sometimes you need to slow down and read a couple of verses. But when there's a story contained inside the chapter, um, if you have a good study Bible, it will subsection it off for you. It's just a tool, a help tool that I really like. So my, my study Bible starts this new pericope in verse 46. That's where this part of the story picks up. Let's look at verse 46. The scripture says, Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Now, I've been teaching you for a long time to slow down when you read. To pay attention to what? Pay attention to the punctuation. It's there to perfect your understanding. Take the scripture in bite-sized pieces. Digest it. Get it down on the inside. Don't just read it so you can say, I read the Bible today. Read it. Learn from it so you can apply it and walk in its blessing. So we're going to look at these verses, verse by verse today. Going to be a little teaching and try to pull some things out. Then they reach Jericho, comma. Somebody's on the move. Jesus is traveling and he's doing ministry. He and his disciples, they, they left the town that they were in. A large crowd followed him. So we've got Jesus on the move. we got his disciples on the move. We've got a large crowd following behind him. We've got this blind beggar who, who's a big part of this passage named Bartimaeus. Bar means son of. Timaeus was his daddy. How would you like that for a name? At least Simon had a name, but he was known. Somebody give me his, his other name. Simon Bar, Simon Barjona which means Simon, son of, y'all are so smart. This, uh, but what if you just walked around, well, you, you could just name your son Bar Chris. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? 
It could, it could just be bar anything. So bar Timaeus is the son of Timaeus. This, this, is the, this is who this blind dude is sitting. But I want to pull some things out and get you to understand that God is always on the move. That's why the old hymn writer said, while on others thou art, do not pass me by. See, God is always on the move. He, he's always working. He's always saving, healing, and delivering, you ready, someone. Did you get that? God's always saving someone. God's always healing someone. God's always delivering someone because this isn't just what he does. It's who he is. It, 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 it's, it's his very character and his very nature. So he's always working. My question to you today is, is he working in you? He's always moving, but is he moving in you? He's always saving someone. Has he saved you? He's always healing someone. Has he healed you from anything? You see, I believe that every saved person has a testimony of what God has healed them from and delivered them from and saved them from. Now, there's still things we yet to need to be delivered from. Amen. There's still things that we are waiting on for healing. But there is something that God has done in the life of the people who are connected to him. And he is moving in this passage. Uh, verse 46 says, a large crowd followed him. I want you to see that it doesn't say they believed in him, loved him, or worshipped him. They just followed him. These were the come along folk. These were the Sunday go to meeting folk. These were the fishes and loaves folk. These were the uh, what can you do for me People, these were the hangers-on who wanted the blessing but didn't want the connection. A lot of people like that. Churches are filled with them today. Listen, I'm not mad at Sunday go to meeting folk. I'm not mad at people who only come to church on Christmas and Easter. I'm not mad at people who only show up to church for what they can get about it, get out of it once or twice or for a couple of months. But let me encourage you this morning. Don't just be part of the crowd that shows up to church forever be part of that smaller leave, leave go go deeper than just being in the crowd become part of the congregation but then move even closer from leaving the crowd getting in the congregation to becoming part of that core group of people who really follow Jesus closely this is not that core group of people this is that crowd there's a difference between the crowd and the core, and we see that plainly because in the very next chapter of Mark's gospel, the Passion Week starts, and Jesus is going into Jerusalem to be betrayed by sinful men, to be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and there be crucified, buried, and raised from the dead on the third day. These things are wrapping up, and this crowd leaves. This crowd does not continue to follow. Think it, every church I've I've heard so many people say this, and it's true of every church. Do you know if everyone showed up that's ever been in this church, ever come to a church service at Abundant Life, if everyone that's ever been here before showed up today, we wouldn't have room to put them. That's not just us. That's every church. Why? Because the crowd cannot be counted on. And that's why smart pastors... And smart organizational leaders learn to understand it's not how many you can count. It's how many you can count on. 
See, uh, we could count you today. We, we could say, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and, and we could come up with a number. But how many of you could we count on? You got to figure out where you are in this story because you're somewhere in this story. But we see this large crowd. They, they're not loving him. They're not worshiping him. They're trying to get from him. We have people come by the church every month. They want to get a light bill paid. They want to get a phone bill paid. They want to get rent paid. And so I sit down and I ask them, well, do you go, where, where do you go to church? I don't go to church. I don't believe in that. Well, and so I always ask them this, well, why are you here today? This is a church. You don't go to church. Would you like to leave now that you know this is a church? No. And, and here's what, the, I've heard this so many times, it just sticks in my head and I laugh about it riding down the street. No. Y'all are church. Y'all post to pay my bills. We post to? Why do we post to pay your bills? And, and, and this is just what people think. Because we're a church, we're supposed to pay their bills. Listen, nowhere in the scripture does it tell the church they're supposed to pay anybody's bills. Here, here's the thing, and, and I, I would tell them this, but, but they would know I was just messing with them, and they'd get mad, and I don't want them to get too mad. But I, I, I would tell them, like, like the apostles said, I'm not going to give you any money, but what I have I will give to you. I'll pray for you, and I'll speak blessing over the... Listen, back then... When that happened, people rejoiced because they got healed from real problems. Uh, listen, you, you can't always help lazy. And you can't always fix con artistry. You can't always do anything with scammerisms. Uh, but back, back then in Bible times, when the apostles would say, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, uh, they'd look at me like I was crazy. How that's going to pay my light bill? Y'all supposed to pay my light bill. And then I go right back to, well, where do you go to church? I don't go to church. That ain't for me. Well, we're a church. Why'd you? And then it's just, you know, hallelujah. It's just a mess. But we see here that this large crowd, they're hanging on. They're, they're just trying to get a free meal. They're, they're trying to see the show. They're trying to see the show. They're trying to figure out what's happening. You realize when we came into this neighborhood, we, we had a lot of people show up just to see what it was going to be about. And I can see the look in people's faces, um, and, and it's so funny because I see, the, I see people come in the door, and, you know, if, if, it's, um, if, if, if it's Bubba Ray and Sally Mae, and they come in the door, and I see this. Y'all know what they're shocked by. And they're like, okay, I went on the website. I saw that really pale-skinned white preacher. And, and this, I didn't expect this. Then I come in. People wonder why I come in. I don't come in late to make a dramatic entrance. This ain't a house party, amen? I'm not coming in, you know, when, when, when like that. I, I, I come in, I, I'm over in that corner having my own praise and worship. Uh, I come in because I don't want to walk past 20 people, shake 20 people's hands, and have 35 people say, did you catch that game last night? And then I end up talking about stuff other than what I've just spent time praying about and sharing. But uh, So when I stand up and, and people have come in, and, and they, they've been listening uh, to Minister Jeff Harris sing, uh, he, he's, he's darker than I am. A shade or 50. Uh, and, 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 then, and, and then I look at 
at Jamal and Alexandria. We have we those, those are real names from our church, uh, and 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 they're like. Then I I know what that's going on. What am I telling you? Our church surprises people just straight from visual. We've had people come once, didn't come back. wasn't because they didn't like the singing, the preaching, the music, or the location. It it wasn't because they didn't like how nice the people were to them. It it just wasn't in their comfort zone. Here's why I'm so excited to pastor a multiracial church and a multi-denominational church and a church where we we come from different backgrounds, but but we all agree that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen. I'm excited. Because it's stretching you. It's stretching you to hear music that might not be your favorite song. It's stretching you to hear preaching that sometimes is difficult to deal with. It's stretching you to have to be able to learn how to sit and relax around people that you may not normally sit and relax around. But we, 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 they had a crowd of people. The people that were part of that crowd, though, they had a diverse crowd of people because they, they, they were in a metropolitan area, and they were all following him for the show, and we have a lot of people come for the show. We have a lot of people come to see, what are them people pulling in out of that dirt parking lot? Listen, phase one of the, of the parking lot renovation got done uh, a week or so ago. This week, we're going to have phase two delivered. Uh, we're going to need you to pay $79,000 in ties today before you leave so we can keep working on this parking lot. Or a portion of that. But the crowd is different. It's unique. People show up just to check out what's going on. That was the crowd. But there's also this beggar named Blind Bartimaeus, and he's sitting beside the road. There are people who have real needs in this room. There are people who come to the Lord with real needs. Here's what I want you to understand. Some of those people get their needs met. Some of them go away disappointed. Some of them go away clueless. I want you to be the one that gets your needs met. I used to have one of my favorite pastors when I first got saved was an old man named Lester Roloff. Lester Roloff, you think I preach hard. This dude preached hard to, I mean, it was hard for him to listen to himself. This dude, he was... Uh, but that was where I was at that time in my life. I was in one of those churches where it was us four, no more. We're right. Everybody else is wrong. We're going to heaven. Everybody else is going to hell. And this was one of those kind of dudes. But every day at 1030 on 1050 a.m., DeRosa Jacksonville, Lester Roloff would come on. And he, listen, he's one of the few preachers with a, bad, a worse singing voice than mine. And he started every show singing the song about this passage. And I'll just speak the words to you. Uh, but I, I loved it because I knew I was about to listen to 15 minutes worth of good, hard preaching. And the, the song said, one sat alone beside the highway, begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. And that's how he sang. He clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came. He was so country, more country than me. I liked him that way. He said, and bad his darkness flee. And then you had 15 minutes worth of good preaching. But this is the one who sat in the shadows begging, uh, and Jesus comes and does something great for him. And I want you to let God do something great for you today. But before you can have that happen, 
I, I want you to determine, uh, are you part of the crowd that has needs, that's never, never met Jesus in a real way? Are you part of the crowd that's already met him and had some of your needs met? Everybody fits into one of those two groups. You are either a believer who has had a real introduction to Jesus Christ or you are someone who has not yet been changed by a personal relationship with Jesus. Bartimaeus is a man in need who has not yet had that encounter with Jesus, but he's going to have it, and we're going to see it. Look at verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay? I want you to see this first. He heard something that caused him to do something. When Bartimaeus heard, say heard. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby. You see, faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. you got to make sure you're hearing the right stuff. And, and, and I want you to think about this this week. When you hang around your friends, listen to what you're hearing. And ask yourself, is that the right stuff? When you're on the telephone with your friends, listen to what they are saying and ask yourself, is that the right stuff? When you come to a church, listen to what the preacher is saying and ask yourself, is it the right stuff? Because what you hear is making an impact on who you are and how you believe. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. Listen, see, see the quotation marks on it. This is an exact quote of what he shouted. Jesus, comma, pause on that. He shouted Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to tell you this. If you can't say anything else, just say Jesus. If you can't think of anything else to say, just say Jesus. Now, I am, in my own mind, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And in reality, I'm just under 5'10", 220, 223 pounds of uh, cute and cuddly. Right? Amen. So, hey, my, some of y'all... Uh, listen, y'all, y'all want to get out in that gym and, and 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 swell all up. That's cool. All you young people, keep keep doing that. Listen, my body's built for comfort, not for speed. Uh, but it, 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 in my mind, because of the way I grew up, I've never been scared of anything, and I'm always the first person to jump into the fray. But even with that type of uh, bodacious attitude, when I'm home alone in my house. And, and the, the walls start creaking. Sometimes I'm just like, hey, you know, it's a house. They creak. They make noise. But, you know, if, if they make too many noises back to back, I, you know, hey, he, 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 even, a bold, even a bold grown man can get the woo-woos. Anybody know? Woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. I just start saying Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. I, I, I call the name, you know, because I need rescue. Some of y'all praying for angels to come to y'all. That's okay. That's a different sermon. But listen, I, I'm calling on Jesus to come help me. Yeah, you call the preacher if you want to. I'm calling on Jesus. Uh, but he called out the name of Jesus, comma, so that's cause for pause. But then 
Anytime in, liter in literature, especially in the Bible, when you see something bracketed by commas, inside two commas, like these next three words, son of David. So there's a comma before and a comma after. That is a stand-alone piece of information. He calls him Jesus. That's all right. That's, that's his name. That's who he is. But he also says, son of David. Now, Bartimaeus knew what it meant to be called the son of his daddy, Timaeus. Okay, when someone called him Bartimaeus, they were saying, hey, boy, child of Timaeus. When he named Jesus, he wasn't calling Jesus Bar-David, okay? That's not what he was doing. He wasn't intimating the genealogy of Jesus of Nazareth's family heritage. Son of David is a proper title in the Hebrew culture for the one who is Messiah. Don't miss this. Son of David is a proper title. Say proper title. It's a proper title in this Hebraic world of the, the title of Messiah. So he's not just saying, Jesus, uh, you, you who came from the lineage of the king of Israel, he's calling Jesus Messiah. See, you've made a leap when you do that. You can come to church and say, yeah, 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 they talk about Jesus because it's a Christian church. But when you confess out of your own mouth that Jesus is the son of David, that Jesus is the one who will reestablish the throne of David in the city of God and rule the whole world, then you have enacted faith. You are looking to him no longer as just a person. See, everybody believes in Jesus. Every human being in the world believes in Jesus. Muslims believe in Jesus. They believe he was a great teacher. Um, lost people believe in Jesus. They believe he was somebody who created his own religion. But believing in Jesus, you have to. Our whole calendar is set up on Jesus. It's 2019 right now. Because of Jesus. It, everything before Jesus was B.C., which before America went crazy and nuts meant before Christ. But now B.C. means what? Before the common era. How jacked up has America come? Listen, y'all know I try to steer clear of politics because we got Democrats and, and, and Republicans and independents and, and every branch in between all that, and I'll keep telling you, it matters to me more who's on the throne of heaven than who's sitting in the Oval Office. Amen? But this one chick, you need to steer clear. All, all you Jill Gillibrand fans out there, cross her off. Cross her off. She came out yesterday and said if she gets elected in 2020, she is going to enact legislation through the federal government to ensure that gender X becomes a recognized designation for everyone who's not male or female. Mm. Listen, I, I'm, I, I feel bad, not in a compassionate way, but just in a how-can-you-be-this-crazy way if you don't know whether or not you're a boy or a girl. Common sense dictates this. Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't look in the mirror and see, but he still knew. All right, let me, let me keep moving because some of y'all are already mad. He cries out to Messiah. 
See, everybody believes in Jesus. He's the most documented human being. More books have been written about Jesus than any other human being in the history of the world. Everybody believes in him, but everybody doesn't believe that he's the Messiah. Everybody doesn't believe he's the anointed one whom God hath sent to save us from our sins. When he said son of David, that's three words, but he was saying more than three words. When he says son of David, that's like, uh, when now if you listen to Jake talk about football, he's going to tell you that, that uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Now, you don't have to agree with that. Some of y'all still ain't got over, y'all still licking y'all's wounds from the Super Bowl. But when he says GOAT, he's not talking about something that, you know, eats cans and, and do it again. That guy there, that's not what, he's saying a whole lot more than that. And when Bartimaeus called Jesus the son of David, he was saying a whole lot. I wonder who Jesus is to you. This is who he was to Bartimaeus. I want you to tell, tell yourself this morning, determine in your own mind, who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus just another teacher? Is he just another religious figure? Is Jesus just, uh, I like what Josh McDowell said about him. He, has to, he had to be one of three things. And in Josh McDowell's book, More Than a Carpenter, which everyone should read, he said that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. He either knew that he wasn't who he said he was, which made him a liar. He, he, he either thought he was something that he wasn't, which made him a lunatic, or he really was who he said he was, which makes him the Lord. Bartimaeus is calling on him as Messiah, as the one whom God hath sent. And he cries out with his very specific last four words in verse 47, Have mercy on me. I hope you cry out for mercy. When my kids were young and they hadn't quite figured out, they didn't want me to keep spanking them, they've got that all figured out now. I, I believed Dr. Dobson. He said, spank them regularly while they're young. You won't have to when they get old. Uh, before they figured out that it wasn't any fun, I was trying to teach them about um, what you deserve for your actions and trying to give them a little Bible truth about mercy. And when, when I'd take the belt out and tell them it's time for them uh, to get what they have coming to them, uh, they, they would try to get slick on their pastor father and say, I want mercy. I want mercy. I want mercy, Dad. I want mercy. Uh, well, you're going to have mercy. I'm going to let you keep living here, but you're going to get this belt and some mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Oh, man, I, lo I love that Christian song. I need your mercy, and I need your grace. I, I hope you know the desperate need you have for the Lord's mercy. He said, have mercy on me. He was asking Jesus for more than he deserved. If you don't hear anything else I say today, get this right now. Ask God for more than you deserve. The scripture says he's the God of more than enough. The, the scripture says that he is the God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He can do more for you than you can even contemplate. If you're not asking him for a lot, you're missing out on a lot. So be, take, learn this lesson from this blind man and ask him for mercy. 
See, Bartimaeus heard something that caused him to do something. That's the whole point of preaching. Sometimes preachers are teaching. Sometimes they're preaching. I'll tell you the difference, and we'll move on. Teaching is designed to allow you to gather more information. Teaching is designed. The, the point, the art of teaching, the point of teaching in, in this setting is so that you can learn stuff. The point of preaching is designed to cause you to make a decision and do stuff. See, a lot of people just come to church and learn stuff, but they don't ever do stuff. If you're just learning stuff, you, you'll, you'll be like Paul in the book of Acts, and people will be looking at you saying, much learning have made thee mad. But if you actually do something with what you learn, then you can have the blessing of God on your life. Bartimaeus, he, he, is, he heard something that caused him to do something. I want to encourage you, when you come to church, do something with the information you learn. Yes, yes. When you have your own personal Bible study, do something with the information that you learn. When, when you hear Bible teaching, do something with the information that you learned. He heard something that caused him to do something. He also asked the right person for help. Too many times we ask the wrong people for help. Too many times you call your friends. Uh, they, they, they don't have the answer for you. Listen, if you're broke as a joke and you can't pay your bills and you need to call somebody and ask them, your broke cousin Willie cannot help you. Yo, Willie, what up? Yeah, good. Uh, hey, I just wonder, man, you got an extra $318? Willie just hang up right away. You know, hey, you'd be so stupid to ask me for something silly like that. Uh, you got to ask the right person. You don't go where you could. Maybe you should. They, they, they get my order wrong all the time at, at Burger King on 103rd Street. Uh, may, maybe you should just wheel up into the drive-thru at Burger King and say, I like a, wa uh, I like, what are, what are, a Big Mac and an Egg McMuffin. Can they give you a Big Mac at Burger King? They cannot. Can they give you an Egg McMuffin? Well, they should because that's a good sandwich, but let me keep moving. Um, you got to ask the right person for the right thing. You, so many times we find ourselves asking the right question to the wrong people, where if you just would go to the right person, he goes to the right person. He goes, why is Jesus the right person? Because Jesus is the only one that can do for him what he really wants done for him. Local doctors, were, he was beyond local doctors. He was beyond human help. I wonder if there's anybody in the room right now, now don't say it out loud, but I wonder if there's anybody in the room right now who could even think in their own mind. My need is beyond human touch. What I need from God, people cannot give me. You say, what kind of stuff could that be, Pastor? I'll give you a couple of quick examples. Uh, you, you need to be able to let go of your past. You can go see counselors for, for 20 years, pay them $300 an hour, and never learn how to forgive yourself. Maybe they'll help you, but if they help you, it'll be because God uh, speaks through them. Uh, what, what, what else? What, get another example. What, what can only God do for you? If you have children, family members, friends that you want to see saved so they don't die and go to heaven forever or die and go to hell forever, uh, only God can do that for them. you got to figure out uh, the things that you can ask God for and start asking him for them. This is the, the lesson that we learn from Bartimaeus. In verse 48, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David. Have mercy on me. I don't have time to pull all this out because I'm trying to get somewhere this morning, but I want you to see the people. 
See that on the second line? Many of what? The people. They don't listen to the people. All power to the people. All power to what? To, 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 I mean, what, 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 what are the people really doing? Unless the people are singing the praises of God, unless the people are encouraging you in the ways of God, unless the people are speaking forth the oracles of God, the people are just flapping their lips. And you let, too many times, we've all let people influence our actions. And what we need to do is look past the people. The people yelled at this man in desperate need, looking to God, looking to Jesus as Messiah, looking to Jesus as the one who could do for him what no one else could do for him. And they told him, be quiet. You know, they're, 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 that, that's yelled every week in most churches, including this one, during praise and worship. Might not be yelled out in those two words, but it's, it's yelled out in looks. You, you, you watch, watch. Just, 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 just have one person come in on a Sunday morning and really want to praise and worship God. The people are yelling out, be quiet. Now, they might not be bold enough to do that while they're standing in front of a purple chair on blue carpet. That, not audibly anyway, but with their hands in their pocket and their... They're screaming. To the praisers in the room, be quiet so we can wrap this up. Listen, don't let anybody steal, steal your joy away from God. Don't let anybody stop you from doing the right thing when you sense Jesus in the room. When you realize that we've gathered in his name and he promised when we gather in his name, he's there in the midst. When you realize that he's here watching and receiving your praise, don't let rolling eyes, huffing and puffing church folk shut you up from your praise and worship. You, you just tell them like Cece said, you don't know the cost of the oil in my alibi. Box, you don't. You weren't there the night he found me. You, 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 you didn't feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. Stop letting people shut you up when you're calling on Jesus. You need to call. Hey, do what he did. If you want what others have, you got to do what they did to get it. Look what he did to get it. They tried to shut him up. Now listen. If you're making noise, if you're sitting on the front row clicking a pen and someone tells you to be quiet, be quiet. If you're talking and disrupting something, and they listen, but if you're calling out on Jesus from a pure heart because you need him, listen, do what he did. Look what he did. But he only shouted louder. See, that's why we say don't wait till the party's over. Shout now. Don't wait till you get all your deliverance to praise him. Praise him in advance. That's faith. Shout louder. This, this, here's the thing. If we can ever get 10 people really praising God, they're, 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 the, the, the eye-rolling, huffing, puffing crowd who are secretly yelling, shut up, be quiet. It don't take all that. Doubting your worship. If we could ever get 10 people to really worship God, listen, here's what happens in every church. Either the eye-rolling, huff-and-puff crowd shut up the praisers, or the praisers run off the eye-rolling, huff-and-puff crowd. And they ain't here doing nothing anyway but breathing up air. Okay? Don't let people shut you up. Sometimes you just need to shout louder. Sometimes you need to cry louder. 
Sometimes you need to pray louder. Sometimes you need to live louder. And here's what he said. Remember what he said just the verse before. He said, Jesus, son of David. He's past that now. He's past formality now. He's past common name now. He's past calling him what everybody else called him. Everybody that loved him and didn't love him knew his name was Jesus. Everybody that believed he was God and didn't believe he was God knew his name was Jesus. Everybody that believed that he was Messiah and didn't believe that he was Messiah knew that his name, given name, was Jesus. He gets past common and goes to majestic and he just says, son of David. Once you get past your formality and get into your desperation, breakthrough is coming. So my question is, are you willing to get past formality? Are you willing to stay longer? Are you willing to shout louder? Are you willing to pray more? Are you willing to press in? Or you just want to come till it's about 12 o'clock, wonder when he's going to shut up and go on back to what you came from. This man had no desire to go back to where he came from that day the same way. Let me ask you a question. Are you planning on leaving this place today the same way you came in? Or would you like for the Lord to put some mercy on you and give you more than you deserve? That's just a a question. You don't have to answer it. He screamed out loud. He wasn't going to be shut up. I love won't be shut up folk that are praising God. I tell you, every church needs a a sister Truella. We we had a Truella. Uh, Truella was that that one that the Huff and Puff folk couldn't, they they always were staring at her. Because she she was that one. She grew up Kojic. Uh, If you don't know, you don't need to know. Church of God in Christ. She grew up Kojic, and she... Once they, oh, and I, she was one of the ones that got it. When I say we shouldn't have to sing you happy or preach you happy, we should just let you in and set you loose. Oh, once, once the music shouted, started, she was, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, ah, 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 Jesus, Jesus. And for an hour and 20 minutes, because that's how long praise and worship was, and it was, that was it. And she was for real with that. Visitors would look over there and think, oh, she's just doing that to draw attention to herself. Uh, she, she don't mean all that. How do you know? Judging somebody else's praise because you got none. Amen. Armchair quarterback in somebody's worship because you won't get in the game. Mm. I'm saying more than y'all are hearing. He was not going to stop calling out for, to the one that could help him for the need that he had. Verse uh, 48, they're telling him to be quiet. He's not listening to the wrong voice. Are you listening to the right voices? Or are you listening to the wrong voices? I've had so many teenagers come to me, counseling situations, just hanging out in the office after church. My parents hate me. They hate me. They don't want me to have any fun. They won't let me see. All my friends stay out till 4.30 in the morning with Ray Ray Pookie and them, and my parents make me come home every night by, by midnight. 
because they hate me. They told me I can't hang out with Ray Ray anymore. Ray Ray, Ray Ray is a drug dealer headed for prison, and you shouldn't go out with him, and you wouldn't have had to listen to anybody past Richard Pryor in the 70s, live on Sunset Strip, tell the whole world that ain't nothing popping off till 1130. Isn't that what he said? Leaning on the corner. What y'all waiting on? 1130. Isn't that what he said? Listen, why do your parents want you home at a reasonable hour? Because the later it gets, the worse it gets. I go ghetto. The worser it gets. <laughs> Listening to the wrong voices. Ray Ray Pookie and them not doing you any good. Hey, let's skip class today and go get high. Uh, are, are you trying to build a future or are you trying to throw your future away? What voice are you listening to? Hey, let's, 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 let's all slack off on work because the boss isn't here. Are you trying to build a future or are you trying to ruin a life? Hey, let's, let's all call in sick uh, on work next Friday. And, uh, are you, whose voice are you listening to? You need to be listening to the right people. See, Bartimaeus made his mind up. He would not give up on himself. I came to encourage you today. Don't give up on yourself. The God of this book says that he has a future for you. He says he has a plan for you to give you a future and a hope. To give you a life of purpose. Don't give up. Too many people have given up. Bartimaeus would not give up on himself. And he took massive action. See, he was taking a little bit of action for his need. He was sitting by the side of the road begging for scraps. But when it came to the place where the right situation presented itself, he took massive action and he started screaming for Jesus. When they told him to hush, he took even greater massive action and he got louder and he pressed in. Verse 49 says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Oh, man, this is the best day of Bartimaeus' life. When Jesus heard him, come. I've been telling y'all for years. One day I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to announce the title. And the altar is just going to flood up with people getting right with God and loving on God and worshiping God. If we ever get to that place in my lifetime, and I hope you get to that place in yours, if we ever get to that place in this church, I believe this is one of those times where, where I could just read the first to the first comma in a verse, when Jesus heard him. If you're already saved, then you read the story before. If you're already born again and you haven't read the story before, but you know the author. If you're truly saved and you have a connection to the Lord, you know that if you ever can get Jesus to hear you, something good is about to happen. Remember what Jesus said. When he prayed for his friend, Lazarus, he said, Father, I know that you hear me. And because you hear me, I know that I have what I ask. Yes, 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 this is the word of the Lord. Jesus heard him. Let me tell you, what you need more than counseling, what you need more than therapy, what you need more than a pay raise and to lower your cholesterol, your A1C, and whatever else you have, what you need more is to get to the place where Jesus hears you. 
What did that nerd say on that commercial? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Listen, let me ask you this. Does he hear you now? I've met too many people in church. Hi, Pastor Scott. My name is Williford Buckingham, and uh, I used to be a pastor. I used to be a preacher. I used to be a priest. I used to be a minister. I used to be a choir leader. I used to serve in, in children's church ministry. I used to teach. I used to teach. I used to usher. Listen, all that is great. What you doing now? Does he hear you now? Oh, hi, Pastor. Uh, my name is so-and-so, and I was baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1998. Fantastic. What are you doing now? What, see, this, this relationship we have with God is a right-now-today relationship. Jesus said, give us this day. This is a this-day relationship. I wonder, is he hearing you? He heard Bartimaeus, and when he heard him, he did something. Now, the scripture says that God is no respecter of person. What that literally means is he doesn't favor one over the other. What it literally means is what he's done for one, he will do for the rest. So if God did it for others before, he'll do it for you now. That's the only problem I have with the what would Jesus do movement. That To me, if you have to ask what would Jesus do, it indicates to me that you don't really know him that well because I know what he would do. If he was in this room right now today, he would do today what he did in the past. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Jesus heard this blind man, he stopped and did something. And if you ever get to the place where you refuse to be shut down, where you refuse to give up on yourself, where you truly chase and press in and call on him, he's going to stop. And he's going to do something for you. He said in this case, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Any indication in, that, in, in, in his passage you got that he was crying? <laughs> Any indication in his passage you got that he wasn't already cheerful? Any indication you got? Now, he might have been tired. He might have been upset. I don't know. I do like what Charles Spurgeon said, where, where the Bible is silent. Good people do the same, do well to do the same. I don't know that he was sad, but I do know this. People will make up foolishness on you. These same knuckleheads that were telling him, shut up. The Lord ain't trying to hear all that. These same people who moments ago were telling him, be quiet, man. You're nobody. Sit in the back and hush. Overlooking him, looking down their nose on him. Now they're all like, oh, cool, man. Bartimaeus, my dog. What's up, man? It's, it's exciting. Be happy. He's calling for you. All right, now I don't know if your mind works the way my mind works. I know it doesn't. I don't know how close you can connect. Here's, here's the deal. These are haters, okay? There's lots of, always be haters. Haterade is free and people pour it by the gallon, okay? So there'll always be haters. These are haters. These are haters that were telling him to shut up, be quiet, quit calling him the son of David, quit, quit, quit yelling out for him, quit asking for him to give you mercy, now, now, these same haters, they're saying, hey, man, get pumped. Get, get excited. High five. He's calling for you. I wonder if anybody in here, I, I'll tell you what I'll tell you so you don't have to think about it long. To me, these people are trying to get a kickback. These people want, want a bounce blessing. 
They, they, want, a, they, want, a, they, want, they, want, they want some side, side increase. They figure, oh, let, let, I, I'll be the one to take him up to Jesus. I, I'll be the one that Jesus can see is doing ministry. I, I want everybody to see what I do. They, they were looking for some type. They were trying to get them theirs without doing what they needed to do to get them theirs. Listen, you can't ride nobody else's coattails to getting blessed by Jesus. you got to come to him for yourself. These people trying to get a side bounce. It wasn't coming their way, but, but they, they tell him, cheer up. Come on. He's calling same haters. Listen, them same haters been hating you? Uh, don't fall for them when they start trying to cheer you. Because they're going to be haters until they start calling on the Lord in their own life. Let's, 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 let's keep moving. Verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. I want you to embrace the specificity of God's word. I want you to embrace the fact that God's book is specific. I want you to understand that there are no added words and there are no missing words. That every word has a purpose. Every word has a point. Every word is there specifically. And let's see these specifics in verse 50. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. If I had time, I could give you a hundred different reasons why Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. I, I, could, I could preach it or teach it, let you know. You got to let go of what is holding you back. You got to get rid of anything. And you could just, I could, I could preach it, I could teach I could let you know. That, but here's the reality. Whenever anyone truly goes to Jesus, they have to leave something behind. If you ever really get to the place in your life where you say, see, this is what people say, Pastor Scott, why do some people walk the aisle crying, snotting, pray to receive Christ and don't really get saved? Some of y'all wonder that about yourself. You walked the aisle two, three, five, 116 times, never, ain't saved, never got saved, still ain't saved. Why didn't it work? Because the Bible says that you will find him when you search for him with your whole heart. And if you ever search for him with your whole heart, you are going to have to let go of something. You got to let go of your pride. You got to let go of the control of your life. You're going to have to let go of some people, some habits, some activity. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. Now, if I had a, a lot of time, I would probably conclude that this was everything he had. This is a beggar. No home, no car, no 401k. He had a coat. And blind eyes. He gave up everything that he had. He jumped up and came to Jesus. I want you to know if you ever really want to get serious with God, if you'll let go of everything you have and you will run to him, he will receive you. He said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will receive you unto myself. He wants us to come to him. And Bartimaeus did this. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat jumped up and came to Jesus. Verse 51, he says, What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. Now, at this point, I, every time I read this, and, 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 and this, this isn't the only gospel that talks about this story. It's in multiple gospels, the, the, the recounting of this same episode. And every time I read it, I'm thinking, Jesus 
made the whole world. The Bible says without him was not anything made that was made. He's the creator of all things. The Bible says uh, by him all things exist, consist, and are. So here, here's Jesus who is the God of all heaven, the creator of everything, the, the, the all-knowing God, the same man that told Philip, I heard the thoughts in your head when you were sitting under the tree and he wasn't even there. He's looking at a blind man saying, what you want me to do for you? Now, I've been around church folk for a long time. Read that to mean haters, okay? Uh, hard heads. Read, read that to mean uh, pe people, people who act crazy. I've been around people for a long time, and I know what, what, what every, all, the, all the church crowd was thinking. What, is he crazy? What do you want to do? Can't you see he's blind? Or, or, or don't you have the common sense to see? Listen, just because you don't understand the pace of the leader doesn't mean that the leader doesn't know where he's going. Okay? They're, they're, they've, they've had to have been thinking, what kind of crazy, wild question? We, we're the ones just dragging him to you. We know what he's going to say. Stop thinking you know more than God. God has a reason for why he does what he does. He has a purpose. It's not that he doesn't know what Bartimaeus wants. He knows all things. He wants Bartimaeus to say it. I've had people tell me, well, I don't understand the reason for praying, Pastor Scott, because God already knows all my needs. Yes, and he wants you to say it. He, he, he says to you to let your requests be made known unto him. It's not that he doesn't already know your requests. He wants you to say it. Well, why does he want you to say it? If you have that thought in your mind, I want to propose this. Your parents didn't train you right. What you saying about my parents? I'm saying that they weren't as good in that area as my mama was. Because my mama trained me for success. That's, that's why I had success in the United States Army. My mama trained me for success. That's why I had success in the corporate business world. My mama trained me for success. That's why I had success in the Lord's church. Well, what did she do for you? She told me because I said so, and that was the end of the conversation. I learned at a young age when someone in charge says because I said so, you just do what you're told. People wonder, well, why does God want me to tell him what I want? He already knows everything because he said so. You need to become a because he said so believer. You need to become a because he said so follower. You just need to do it whether you understand it or not. When you can't figure it out, you need to faith it out and just do it because he said so. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And look what Bartimaeus said. My rabbi. In other versions, translations, uh, it says, he said, Rabboni. Here it says, my rabbi, which is a really cool way of, of uh, making a literal concept out of that Greek word for Rabboni because it literally means my personal priest. Do you see what it, how he's seeing Jesus? He's not seeing Jesus. Isn't this Jesus? The son of Joseph and Mary, the carpenter's son, isn't he just a normal person who grew up with us? No, he's seeing Jesus for who he is. And here is the key. Get this. Wake back up because here's the key. You want to get what you need from the Lord? you got to see him for who he is. 
you got to see him. He's got to be your personal high priest. you got to see him as somebody who can do for you what you can't do for yourself. He said, I want to see. He asked a specific question, and he got a specific answer. I'm going to read you two sentences uh, from one of my favorite writers, uh, uh, preacher Charles Spurgeon. He said, we say a great many good things in prayer. You introduce much of your own experience, renew Review the doctrines of grace thoroughly, but you do not ask for anything in particular. Such prayer is always uninteresting to listen to, and I believe it to be tedious of the one who offers it. What's he saying? He's saying when you pray, you might sound good and and say, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your mercy and your wonderful grace. We believe that you come. You might pray in doctrinal correctness. But do you ever get to the point in your prayers where you literally ask for something specific? Specific questions get specific answers. General nothingness gets nothingness generally. He asked for something very specific. If I started, if I went row by row, if I just started with Carmelita and worked all the way back to Elder Keon and asked every person in the room, what Do you want God specifically to do for you? I want you to think right now of one thing. What is the one thing? I want him to save my my children, my friend, my family. I I want him to heal this. What do you want him to do? If Jesus would let you ask him, what would you ask him for? The good news is he already said, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you could receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's already said that you can ask him, But what specific, I think we don't ask specifically. Dear God, please bless mommy and daddy and all of the babies everywhere in the world. Amen. That is a great prayer for a four-year-old. That is not a great prayer for a grown-up or even someone who's, who's known Christ for more than three minutes. It's nice to thank God for mommy and daddy and please bless all the babies everywhere around the whole world. That's cool, but what are you asking specifically for you? You need to get to the place in your life where you're asking something specific of God. In verse 52, Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. This verse and several others like it in the New Testament have created a bad theology, a heretical form of faith uh, in the world today whereby people are teaching and preaching largely on TV and on the radio a false religion that has been dubbed uh, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, declare it and decree it. If you can believe it, you can receive it. There's truth in there somewhere, but it's not real truth because real truth works. If you ask the real God to save you, then he did, and it made change in your life because real truth works. Now, if I ask God to change that bottle of water into a brick of gold, I declare and I decree health, wealth, and prosperity. I declare and I decree no more troubles ever for me. Well, why would I say that when the Bible said you'll always have trouble? Okay. Well, we, we, we've created, there, there's been a movement created by false 
doctrine that says if you believe it strongly enough, it'll happen for you. Perpetrators of this false doctrine are not just TV preachers and radio preachers. Perpetrators of this false doctrine are law of attraction believers. For purpose, perpetrators of this false doctrine uh, are the spiritual gurus that come on the Oprah Winfrey show. The perpetrators of this false doctrine, Jim Carrey, who says, speak it into the universe and believe it'll happen and it'll come forth to you. And he tells a story everywhere he goes about a $10 million check he wrote to himself when he had no money in the bank. And he carried it around until he got a lump sum payment for his movie, uh, Liar, Liar. And he finally had over $10 million in the bank and he, he had enough money to cash that check. So his theory is, if you believe it long enough and if you believe it strong enough, it will happen for you. That is not a Christian theory. That is voodoo. You can believe, see, because what it is, now there's truth in all of that. Because it wouldn't be a good life if it wasn't sprinkled with truth. Uh, if, if I tell you um, that I had to jump over a, a, a puddle that, that was about, you know, about, a, a, about eight, ten inches, um, and I twisted my ankle coming into the building this morning, you probably ought to believe that. If I tell you I had to broad jump over a 13-foot-long puddle this morning, uh, hit, did a forward roll, a handspring, fell down backwards, did a kip-up, Dropped back down, did three push-ups in the mud, and dust my... Uh, no, that's not even a believable lie. The reason why all these lies work is because there's truth mixed in them. Yes, faith works. Yes, you have to believe in something to receive something. Here's where it goes wrong. Your faith can never be in faith. Well, if you believe in your ability to believe it long enough, it'll work for you. No, that's just voodoo. If, if you're trusting in your ability to declare it, you're trusting in your ability to decree it, you're trusting in your ability to not give up on it, that's not Bible faith. Because biblical faith always has an object. And Jesus declared what the object was. Let's see if anybody can figure out the, the answer that starts with G and ends with O-D. He said, have faith in your faith must be in God. That's biblical faith. He said, your faith has healed you. Now, if you take the false doctrine, then who should get the credit for Bartimaeus being healed? Well, he should get the credit himself if it was his faith that healed him. But Jesus is not talking about faith in faith. Jesus is using a Greek word here for faith, which is the word pistos. And I want to read you right out of the Greek definition what that word faith means. A strong and welcome conviction or belief that Jesus is Messiah, through whom alone we obtain eternal salvation. He said... Not your faith as we hear it in 2019 English because that makes it sound like, oh, well, Bartimaeus healed himself. His own faith healed him. If you believe that Bartimaeus' own faith healed him, you've been in some bad doctrine churches and you don't yet understand the truth. It wasn't his faith in what he believed that healed him. It was the fact that he believed the right stuff yeah. and God rewarded him for believing the right stuff because faith 
is what pleases God, according to Hebrews 11 and 6. Not just faith, not just your ability to believe in the unseen, but your ability to believe the truth about God. He, he, he said that your faith has healed you. So the faith that Bartimaeus had, it, it, it healed him because it was a specific kind of faith. It was a faith that was determined to reach Jesus. That's why he cried out all the more. It was a faith that knew who Jesus was. That's why he called him Son of David, Messiah, Anointed One. It was a faith that had. It was a faith that came humbly to Jesus, recognizing he had needs. Why he cried out, "Have mercy on me!" It was a faith that submitted to Jesus. That's why he cried out, "Rabboni!" It was a faith that could tell Jesus what he wanted because he believed that Jesus was able. Now, if you have that kind of faith, then yeah, tell the world, my faith got me a raise on the job. But make sure you say, and when I mean my faith, I mean the faith that God gave me to believe in him. Now, when I tell you about my faith, I mean the faith that I have in Jesus, who's the one that's responsible for me getting a raise on my job. I hope you see the difference between faith in faith and faith in God. Because there's only one kind of faith that really works. And so he said, your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Guess what the right response is to God when God does something for you. Let's, you, you wrap this up. You make my final point for me. The right response when God does for you what nobody else could do for you, the right resulting activity is that you should That, if you want what others have, you got to do what they did to get it. This is what happens when God touches you, when God changes you, you follow him. You want to know who's saved for real? People following Jesus. You want to know who's got a real relationship with God? Those ones who are truly following him. Last verse I'm going to read. It's the same verse, verse 52, just in a different version. Then Jesus said, go your way. In the version we just looked at, it said go. Here, it's more specific. It says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. He said, go your way. Say your way. Go your way. Well, did he go his way or did he follow Jesus? Here's the punchline. You get real with God. His way will be your way. The way of the blind man became the way of Jesus. And see, for those of you who don't know, I'll tell you this and be done. Christianity was not first called Christianity. The religion of Jesus Christ was originally dubbed the way. And that's why there's a lot of the way movements now. Most of them are cults. Uh, but it originally was called the way, because Jesus came early in his ministry telling people, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He was the way to God, the truth about God, and the life being manifest of God in the flesh. But you need to see, and here's the deal. Just ask yourself, is your way his way? Is the way you're going now, the way you walk all this week long, were you going his way? When you were walking, were you walking his way? When you were talking, were you talking his way? When you were driving, were you driving his way? When you were moving, were you moving his way? 
Because if you really want everything God has for you, your way has to become his way because that's the proof that you've been touched. That's why the Bible says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. That's the proof of real Christianity, not that you come to church, not that you serve in ministry, not that you put money in an offering bucket. The real proof of Christianity is not that you speak in tongues or quote scripture. The real proof of Christianity is that your life has been changed. You change direction, and you started following him. I hope that your way becomes his way. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for your spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth. God, I pray for every person in this room today who's not following your way, that your way will become their way, and that their way will be the way the truth and the life. God, I pray that you'd save the lost, recover the backslider, heal the brokenhearted. God, I pray that you'd have your way. Do what only you can do. God, I pray that you would help us to be like this blind man in your book. That we'll never stop crying out to you until we get what we ask. That we'll ask specifically and then we'll recognize you as Rabboni. We'll recognize you as the son of David, the king of Israel, the God of heaven, creator of all there is, the one true and living God. God, I pray that people would call your name because there is salvation in your name. There's grace and healing and mercy. Lord, I pray that you would touch the lives of every person in this room And let us realize that your way is better than our way. That your way is always right, even when we don't understand it. That your way is the way we need to go. God, I pray you'd increase our faith. Let us believe the right things about you so that we can walk in healing. Let us believe the right things about who you are, about what you say. Let us follow you so we can be where you are. God, I thank you for your book. Thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.com. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.